0: Welcome to the Thinkspire Podcast, where we enrich minds and new ideas. Hello, greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the first episode of our podcast, the Thinkspire Podcast, which will be airing once a month. And my name is Kay Savvy, and I'm here with my lovely host,
1: Rx Geek.
0: And today we'll be talking to you guys about a topic that I hear a lot of questions about, especially from up-and-coming undergrad students in regards to
1: whether or not they should get an MBA combined degree. So, I know this is something that comes up, especially with pre-pharmacy students, because You know, they're probably hearing that the profession is going down, and they're probably trying to find ways to maybe be more competitive. So maybe they think that having an MBA with a PharmD will help them be competitive. So I guess, like, we're just going to talk about how important it is to actually have an MBA with a PharmD, and is it important? But me personally, I think it has to do more so with your goals. Like, what are you trying to do with it? Right.
0: I don't think it's um much of a competitive factor when it comes to get, getting a job because mostly they're going to you're going to get a job based off the PharmD. Um the getting the MBA would be a personal decision and if the person decides that they want to do something else other than pharmacy, I believe it could come in handy. But going to pharmacy school and getting an MBA, you got to consider that's a lot of additional funding that you'll need. Yeah, that's all.
1: A, yeah, I am mean, getting an MBA is not cheap. It's not cheap, so that's something you have to, like, keep in mind.
0: Yeah, you're already paying, like, a hefty sum for your PharmD and your pharmacy tuition. On top of that, you have a very tedious course load that is Like, a lot of students I know that got an MBA yeah. uh, as well as their PharmD, they ended up staying at school... On you know, after being at school from the morning till five o'clock, they end up going to classes in the nighttime.
1: Like I can't even imagine doing an MBA. Like these past couple years of pharmacy school have been tough. Like I can't even imagine. Like props to people who even are able to do it. But like you know, to be involved as I was in pharmacy school, to be working, you know, doing community service, and still, and then still studying to maintain. You know, my grades while in pharmacy school. And to have an MBA on top, I don't know. That's a lot to handle.
0: Yeah, but if, if you can't You really won't it, have a life. <laughs> I, I, I believe, like, if someone can handle it, you know, they could do it if it fits in with what they're trying to do. If they see themselves doing something else. Yeah, yeah. But as for pharmacy, I see a lot of district managers in the retail setting that do have MBAs.
1: A lot of them do have MBAs. Yeah, a lot, a lot you of think it's a ma- requirement?
0: It's not a requirement because there's also a few of them that don't. But I, okay. Like my district manager right now, she is an MBA, and a few of the district managers I know have an MBA, but a lot of them don't have it. Um, I don't believe anyone goes to pharmacy school and plans to be a district manager. <laughs> that's
1: the thing. Like, that's not like what I go into mind, like, oh, I want to be a. Like, like I said, it really depends. Like, if your idea is that you want to be an entrepreneur, like, that's my passion. Like, I've, I've always, part of me has always wanted to be an entrepreneur in life, but I never felt like I needed to go to school to get an MBA to do that. You know, personally me, I've grown up around business, about, around business like-minded, you know, family members. So I guess I just have a natural knack for business. It's not like I need to go to school to, to be taught that, you know? So for me personally, I feel like if you want to be an entrepreneur, I don't really feel like you need to get an MBA. Personally,
0: so right now it is good to have a unless you want the experience when going into pharmacy. Yeah, I feel like you know we're going into like a realm where it's going to be more like contractual jobs that we're going to end up doing. Maybe you know doing some informatics works where we'll go in and help develop programs with different companies and stuff like that. But like the traditional pharmacy jobs, or they're kind of dying out. There's not much growth. Mhm. Um I hear a lot of talks right now about residencies. Um uh, residencies don't seem to be the answer for jobs either cuz No, like, they're not. What I'm noticing is a lot of hospitals instead of hiring a pharmacist when they're in need, they're opening a new residency program to get a discounted pharmacist. So that's also something a lot of people have to consider. Like I
1: was just talking to an individual the other day and they pretty much heard like someone at a that Someone at a program stating that, you know, they're pretty much using, they want to establish residency programs to pretty much get people, you know, resident to do do the work that, you know, pretty much to do the work of a pharmacist without having to pay them the full salary.
0: That's sad because we don't hear much about that when it comes to a lot lot of schools, they really push students more towards a residency, but they don't really equip them to what to look out for. So people are going to be getting residencies just to get them and end up being in that. i
1: think i think honestly what a lot of schools have done is that they've pushed students thinking residency is the answer to everything without giving students like you know when you go into residency have a plan like what is your goal with the residency what do you plan on doing with that residency and what a lot of people don't realize is that when you go into residency you gotta open up opportunities for yourself we're kind of like right we're right now in the we're at a place in the profession where you gotta create opportunities for yourself. Show your worth. If you notice that, hey, they really need a pharmacist to take charge of antimicrobial stewardship here, or a pharmacist to really take charge of oncology. Show them that you're capable of handling that. I feel, it but I don't feel like pharmacy schools, or I don't know personally with ours, I don't think like it really equipped us to uh, think around around those around those well, lines.
0: Well, ph- pharmacy school isn't made to. Foster entrepreneurs, I think it's mostly made that like, we have so much on our plate as it is it's hard to for them to add more stuff to. It. I'm pretty sure they would love to add well, I
1: don't expect them to teach us entrepreneurship. I think as an elective, learn, I think as an elective, it's cool, but
0: they've had such a focus like they've like they've tried to move so like in the last five years they've tried to move far away from the sciences and into communications like so so much you could notice it in the curriculum. I
1: feel like professional development is what's lacking. I feel like I feel like there needs to be maybe some kind of small course. It doesn't even have to be, like, a whole semester course. But, like, a course that teaches us what are the opportunities out there. Where can... How can we establish ourselves to maybe go into industry? Maybe to go work for the government. Maybe to go work um, for a PBM. How can we establish ourselves to do that, you know? And I feel like a lot of people feel like the only ways, you know, to go are either... A residency or retail or community.
0: But, you know, that's why I love to go to the pharmacy meetings, like APHA meetings. And stuff. Yeah. You meet really interest like interesting students. I, like, I met, like, a few students that were into pharmacy buying groups. Right? Yeah. One of them, he was a president for a buying group organization. And you get to see different things that they're discussing. You realize there's, like, a lot more going on in pharmacy than you realize. So I feel like that's when the conferences are beneficial to us.
1: That's true, and honestly, if I wasn't, like, involved, I probably wouldn't have known, you know, what are the opportunities out there, so...
0: I, like, I've been to conferences where I've been approached by pharmacists or people that were looking for a pharmacist to open a business for them and manage it, so, I, like, I I ran into opportunities that I wasn't able to take because I'm not licensed at the time.
1: That's true. There's there's still There's opportunities, There's yeah.
0: opportunities in a profession.
1: Yeah. And, I mean... Maybe an MBA could help with that. But personally for me, I just feel like it's not worth, you know, the amount of money I'm about to pay to get an MBA. I feel like I can still accomplish my goals without an MBA, personally. But you, you really have to re I think you really have to evaluate your goals.
0: But there if if you know you wanna be in administration later on in your career, um, there is a lot of administration residencies that do also have an MBA program.
1: That's true. And I I wonder what the cost of those MBAs, how much they have to pay for the class to get that MBA when they're a resident. I wonder what the cost usually is.
0: I don't know. That would be something interesting to look like at. I, wa-
1: I wonder if it's like more affordable or something. I don't know.
0: Uh, they usually get their MBA at a state associated university. So it's probably cheaper. Would be cheaper depending on what school you go to. Yeah. Um a lot of those schools are cheaper than private schools depending on the state.
1: Okay. In, but in
0: some states those state schools will be just as expensive.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But I I know like probably a lot of people are feeling, you know, a bit like, is there more potential in the pharmacy world? Or, you know, they, they probably hear about people always talking about there's potential, there's growth, but I don't think people are seeing it right now.
0: I did a few of my rotations at a Independent, and I was able to talk to a pharmacist that he's owned a pharmacy for over 30 years. And I asked his advice, would he open a pharmacy if he graduated today? And what he told me was, right now, He's better off staying at home with the amount of money you make from an independent. Wow. So he would not open a pharmacy at this time. You're better off going and getting a job than owning a regular traditional independent. But that doesn't mean that we still can't be entrepreneurs. There's the things we could do. They're still exactly,
1: consulting. Exactly. Like we have so many skill sets to bring to the table, you know? Like the type of knowledge we have about medications is is very, very valuable. It's valuable because no other profession is taught in depth the way we are taught in depth about medications. Yeah, we
0: give out a lot of free information. Some of the advice we give at that counter with those little five minute consults.: Yeah. People go into a doctor's office and pay hundreds of dollars for it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, like, you can't even go see a lawyer for, cons- you know, for consultation without having to pay. Because their services are valuable. But so are pharmacist services. We're providing important information on how to manage your chronic disease states, how to take certain medications. You know? Some people don't even know things like, you know, there's certain medications you can't take together. Because it will actually affect the efficacy of one drug. And a lot of people don't know that. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not educated about their drugs. So there's actually a need for it. Because hospitals aren't able to... They can't educate every single patient that is discharged on their medications. It's impossible. It's tough. So there is a strong need for it.
0: So, do you think the pharmacy as a profession has taken the habit of putting the horse, putting the cart before the horse? Or the horse before the cart, I'll say.
1: The horse before the cart. Yes,
0: because it seems like, you know, we switched the profession into a PharmD, and we trained pharmacists, we overtrained people to do the job that they're actually going to go out there and perform. And on top of that, we've added more... Residencies than there are jobs for those residencies.
1: You do have a point. Maybe that's what we did. But now I guess now we got to take, we got the benefit to that is now we can show people hey, yeah, we're overtrained, but this is what we can do. And this is how we can help you out. Like, I just feel like the relationship of the physician and pharmacist is powerful. And I'm not sure... I know there's a lot of physicians out there that really value value pharmacists' um, efforts to the team.
0: There's a new generation, like... Um- when I'm on rotation interacting with the medical students and the medical residents, yeah. the, the new generation of physicians are more dependent on the teamwork between them and the pharmacist. Exactly. Uh, versus the older generation that's used to the pharmacist that they send medications to in the retail setting and they just get it filled. Yeah, Now they have someone that might recommend something different than what they initially prescribed. They have somebody that would you know, add on to their initial judgment so some people are open to it and a lot of people there's a few people that aren't and we have like an issue when it comes to egos just like anywhere else
1: yeah the healthcare field ego is always an issue yeah
0: and it's not just one way there might be egos both ways yeah they're they're in a setting where the, the physician where people are constantly trying to prove themselves to be better than them yeah, they're in a setting where you know the nurse wants a piece of the pie. That's the, true. The physician assistant wants a to. Everyone wants to be better than them. Or that's true. Everyone wants to make a mistake so they could say, "See, and I should have been a doctor."
1: That's the thing, and I, I I understand physicians' point of view when it comes to that because they feel like. You know, if they feel like everyone's trying to play physician, yeah. they might. Why don't they just go to med school? They're
0: they're like the kid at the top of the hill. You know, yeah. when, when you play king of the hill, exactly. And everyone's trying to get to the top, so they're kind of in that situation. So having uh, someone like a coming out of a pharmacy and now they're making recommendation, they're telling you that the antibiotics that you chose are incorrect. You don't know if that person's friend or foe at the time. So some are, you know, after working in a profession for all those years dealing with that, they might not be too open to us playing that role right now.
1: That's true. But the thing is, I don't feel like pharmacists have ever wanted to, you know, take on the roles that nurse practitioners want to take on or physician assistants. We know that we don't have the capability to diagnose. We're, that's not what we're taught in school. We're taught to manage chronic disease states, to manage medications. Though we do go in depth with pathophysiology of diseases, we still go in depth with that. We go into depth with pharmacology, medicinal chemistry. But it helps give us context with providing the appropriate medication therapy for patients with different disease states, whether it's diabetes, hypertension, COPD, we know guidelines inside out. That's what they teach us at school. We have to know our guidelines, we have to know clinical trials. It's the
0: small details that matter when it comes to treatment. Exactly. In, a, in the realm of diagnosis, that's, that, it, that will be the expertise of the clinician. And every but human,
1: like every human, is different than the next human. The thing is, with, with healthcare right now, it's very personalized. One thing that works for one patient may not work for the next one because everyone's different. And so that's why I feel like having a, pharmac- a, re- a good relationship with a pharmacist is essential. Because, you know, a lot of these disease states are even, be- are even becoming very personalized because they're relating to, ge- to genetics to genes so it's, it's interesting that is something
0: else that i found interesting and that's a, a new world of pharmacy that i was looking into the specialty pharmacy yeah so that world has quietly been growing and it's actually one of the fastest growing sectors of pharmacy there is right now and we don't learn a lot about specialty pharmacy but a lot of new medications that are being released are specialty drugs
1: yes they are
0: and they can't be stored in a regular traditional pharmacy no they can't especially
1: like especially with cancer drugs like even throughout pharmacy there's a lot of cancer drugs i did research on and looked into for instance they have like new ovarian cancer drugs that it's specific for a particular gene but at the same time it's just as toxic as regular chemotherapy you have to handle it carefully you have to be careful with it So, yeah, and the thing is, a whole bunch of drugs keep getting approved. And they're all specialty medications. They're all for all these unique disease states. So, we do need a pharmacy that's dedicated to these specialty drugs. And we do.
0: And a lot of companies are seeing the growth. Like, you know, there's companies like, for instance, Walgreens. They're they're really invested into the specialty pharmacy and keeping up with clinics and having them open. I, I know Walmart also owns specialty pharmacy and so do CVS. So all these companies actually see that there is benefit-owner specialty pharmacy. But yes. wh- what I'm also seeing is hospitals opening outpatient specialty pharmacy for themselves. Exactly. So there's also... There's, there's a, a market few, for it, yeah. There's quite a few hospitals seeing that, like, look, we could open our own pharmacy, and we, when our patients get discharged, we know exactly what's going on, and we know that the pharmacist is going to be working closely with them to make sure they get better and they take their medication. Like, for instance, um, for... AML. They the one of the chemotherapy medications um, that they use.
1: Fluorouracil.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. They have to take by mouth, and yeah. it needs a ninety percent adherence rate for it to work at all. So what they they did a clinical trial where they had they tested patients that went to a regular pharmacy versus a specialty pharmacy, and they realized that those patients paid within one year over. $15,000 less on medical expenses because they were going to the hospitals a lot less than the ones that went to the traditional pharmacy. Yeah, They had a pharmacist following up with them, making sure they're picking up the medications on time, yeah. making sure they're taking it. You know, The pharmacist was looking at the bottle like, you have a little bit too much in here. Exactly. How have you been taking it? And I feel like that's something that a lot of people need to look at. Pharmacists
1: into. can play a huge role with these specialty oh, yeah. meds because a lot of these specialty meds You know, hospitals are already overwhelmed. A lot of these specialty meds are stuff that you could actually give to yourself at home. You don't have to go to a hospital to do it. Like, for instance, like, uh, hereditary angioedema. They actually have a whole bunch of new meds that you have to inject it subcutaneously. But you inject it like you're injecting insulin. Yeah. It's an expensive drug, don't get me wrong. By 2020, they're, they're, they're expecting to have
0: 500 new Specialty, specialty drugs, drugs on the market exactly right now it's 2018 hospitals two from now.
1: hospitals cannot handle that right now they already are overwhelmed with what they have to handle they can't handle dealing with people who have to be on these specialty drugs especially when they could give it to themselves right. so that's where the pharmacist can come in in the specialty pharmacy educate patients how to administer the drug what to watch out for and if there's an emergency they can go to the hospital
0: you know, there's and new, it would
1: ultimately help reduce national health care costs. There's too. a new
0: law that passed with the pharmacy wh- pharmacists working from a distance verifying drugs. Okay. And a lot of people are afraid of that. Yeah, but I that's feel a like scary instead one. of being afraid of it, we should accept the change. Because these things are going to happen. Technology is becoming more advanced. That's true. And if, if we don't decide to ex- accept the change and utilize technology as part
1: of our workforce, it's going to work against us that's true maybe this maybe this is what we need maybe we need to be cornered into a wall and learn that we have to create opportunities for ourselves because I don't think enough of enough pharmacists are advocating for what they're they're capable of doing don't get me wrong there's, there's some out there but I don't think all of us are on the same page with that you know advocating for the profession and showing what we're capable of doing going out making connections with physicians hey let's have lunch Let's talk about. Let me talk to you about what I can do for you to help improve your practice. It just, it,
0: they pretty much made it obvious the time of us staying behind the desk and you know collecting a check and just verifying medication and goes on going home. Those days are over. Yeah, it's a new age for pharmacy. And yeah, the only people that are going to survive are those that are able to innovate. Exactly. And able to use the current market to their advantage. Everybody else is going to end up being lost we and, can't and be too comfortable
1: experience. you can't be too comfortable you know anything could happen especially yeah. in this new age of technology where you know we got our Google Homes our Alexas, our HomePods now
0: my final advice to anyone entering pharmacy or about to graduate my advice would be to make sure you put a team together of different people with different talents that could bring things to the table where you guys could work together and accomplish any goal you might come up with or any vision you might see for the profession of pharmacy because we do need innovators and we do need young, fresh minds to come in and make changes because we will all benefit at the end of the day. What would be your advice?
1: That's good advice. How do I follow up with that? Honestly, I think I think people are too caught up with what everyone else is doing. Learn to think about what you want. Just Really sit and think, what do I see myself doing? What makes me happy? How can I achieve that? Don't follow the crowd thinking, you know, I got to do this or I got to do a residency because everyone else is doing residency. Figure out what your goals are and plan accordingly to reach that goal. And and, you can do anything you put your mind to. So that's my advice.
0: And thank you guys and you'll hear from us again pretty soon.
1: All right. It was a pleasure. Have a great day, guys. If you would like to follow more podcasts by Thinkspire, please visit www.msrxgeek.com. Again, www.missrxgeek.com.